0: Hello and welcome to the 60th edition of the Guna podcast, recorded on the Monday evening after Arsenal's 2-1 home in over Fulham, which saw the Gunners somehow take top spot in the table. We should have recorded this a week ago, but due to a tube strike, that proved impossible. However, in spite of the below freezing temperatures, we've gathered here tonight to dispense some pearls of Guna wisdom. As usual, this podcast is sponsored by the website for all your best unofficial Arsenal t-shirts,
1: gunashirts.com.
0: I'm your host, David Udo, and it's rotation time again, as we have a completely different trio of voices from last month's recording. First up, a welcome back to one of our original podcast crew. Recently introduced to the world of parenthood, having fought his way from the snow entrenched depths of South London, it's Mr Mark Ollington. Hello there, good to be back. Secondly, Gooner editor and popular hate figure for the Arson Knows Best Brigade, even though he only writes pages two and three of the fanzine, he gets stick for everyone else's articles, it's Mr Kevin Witcher. I tell it as I say it. And last, but by no means least, a panel, de- a panel debutante, and indeed a first in more ways than one, as after years of trying to persuade a female to join us for an evening of debauchery, <laughs> we finally struck gold. Reminiscent of the time I was on Dragon's Den and asked Deborah Meaden to go and make the tea whilst the boys talk business, and hailing from GunnerTalk.com, however inclement the weather, this lady is willing to flash a bit of flesh to ensure our full attention. It's Mr <laughs> Lindsay Sheehan.
2: Hello, Gouda.
0: Okay, so, the first thing that's been brought to my attention is that in the aftermath of the recent um, capitulation to our rivals from up the road, mm. um, an email was received at, at Guna Towers, which, which reads as follows. Please, please excuse me, viewers, as I, uh, the listeners, as I read verbatim. <coughs> Will you pass on the message that I think Wenger is a cock? On another note, I have an awful, awful feeling that Spurs are going to fluke their way through the Champions League this season. If they win it, I'm giving up on football. I honestly think they might do it. It makes me feel sick. I so wanted to believe in the Wenger experiment. I used to get really upset when the Gooner itself just became a sea of negativity. And I used to hate it when my fellow podcasters moaned and whinged when we, were never, when we never went out the top four. Well, do you know what? I've changed my mind. I've moved over to the dark side. You were all right, and I was naive and stupid. I accept we may have to lose to Spurs every now and then, but it's the manner of how we lost to them. It was a combination of arrogance, poor tactics and bad management. And we may only be two points off the top, but so what? I know other clubs have it worse, but they aren't one of the top three richest clubs in the world, charging us thousands of pounds a year to watch this barrage of crap. And Tuesday's game in Braga was shit. Total and utter shit. I'm now a fully paid-up member of the Whinge Brigade. Wenger can fuck off and do one with that rapper of his, allegedly. There is no denying Wenger was great, but he's lost it. I adore David Bowie, but in all honesty, Never Let Me Down in 1987 was rubbish. If we aren't careful of what will come next, we will be Wenger's version of Tin Machine, and nobody wants that. Not even me, who secretly liked Tin Machine. And having said that, Wenger wasn't that great. His first double was down to George Graham's defence, and I reckon he fluked the other two. The penis who sent that email we, we who
3: sent that email <laughs> answers
0: to Mark Ollington competition mm. the Kahuna podcast PO Box 135 London Mark
1: do you know what though? <laughs> obviously I said that it was a bad time a couple of weeks ago we lost that game to Tottenham I can still barely say it now and that Braga capitulation was this at Absolutely awful. I mean, since, yes.
0: since then, we've won at Villa. We've made the Carly Cup semi-finals, beaten Fulham at home, top of the league. Win on Wednesday
1: night puts us in the last 16 in the Champions League. Are you still on the dark side, Master Yoda? Do you know what, Dave? Probably. And it sounds like I'm a right spoiled little brat for saying so. there be other fans from other clubs here saying, that Mark, he supports Arsenal, top of the league. Want well, a knob, knob jockey. I get that all the time, anyway. But even so. But let's face it, and let's be honest here, the manner in which we lost to Tottenham, I can still kind of begin to say it now, was appalling. We were 2-0 up at home. That first half was pretty perfect. Spurs offered absolutely nothing. And really, second half, they didn't offer much more. And yet we managed to lose that 3-2. It's not being spoiled. It's not being upset we're not top of the league all the time. It's the fact that, you know, I've sat here, I've stuck up for Wenger, when Kev's been moaning and whinging, when Steve's been on at me. But the reason is, is that we're so close, and I think I get what Kev finally means now. We've got these amazing players, we're almost so close to being a great team, but then the stupidity, his stubbornness, and his I'm always right attitude finally came home to roost. I don't mind losing to Tottenham every now and then, we have to expect it. Shit comes up to the top every now and then, that is life. But the way we lost that game was disgusting. There was no need to lose that game three-two, and Tottenham would cry about that for years and years to come. I'm still one up about it now, and then to go to Braga and to pick the team that he picked was arrogance in the utmost. I just can't get over that. And and he goes, oh yeah, it was a penalty. We should have had a penalty. Fuck off, Wenger. We should have won that game with a decent team. Lizzie, um is your bottle of Smirnoff ice half
0: full or half empty at the moment? Oh,
2: it's different. I'm so <laughs> far up the fence. It's it's giving me splinters in me bum. I'm not I'm not sure. It, I've just about got over that game I'm glad you brought it up again It, it, it really was the manner of the capitulation wasn't it, it, it The first half uh, I sit with my brother At half time we were pinching ourselves We'd, we'd mugged them off <laughs> We'd been hearing about it for absolute ages How they were going to do us I was going to stick in McDonald's from a spud the day before They were going to take three points off us Lovely, I was thinking oh! And then what the fuck Happened second half, they just went missing I think it was too easy It just became too easy
0: Kev, I mean, there's a huge white snake fan. I mean, here we here we go again on my own. I mean that that's that, that was what was going through my head. I mean after I mean I mean for those of you who, who don't sort of subscribe to my Facebook or that, I've, I've moved seats and now sit next to our esteemed editor um, in the East Upper. And um, to be honest I think me and Kev are responsible because since then we've had some we had truly awful home performances. And It was only the Champions League game against Partizan when I wasn't there that we that we performed. I mean, but it's been terrible since I've been up, up near you. What's the problem?
3: Well, obviously you need to move back to where from whence you came. <laughs> That's out of things. Um, maybe giving uh, Wenger the evil eye across the pitch, but uh, I mean, what's what's frustrating for me is that the problems we're seeing and, and in fairness in a normal season we would not be top of the league and the reasons people don't really think we're going to stay there is is because things that were wrong have not been addressed um, we have not been a good defensive team for a few seasons and at some point that's got to be addressed otherwise we are going to continue to underachieve and, and people are sick of seeing it they're sick of seeing soft goals, which should be dealt with by central defenders or full-backs, um, being conceded. And um, the, the tide is slowly turning. I can sense there is a greater number of people who think, well, actually, maybe you know, it's time to look at a different manager. Because I do think the players are good enough to win trophies. I do think they have the raw talent. I just think they need a bit of organising, a bit of coaching... You know, maybe a player or two with experience to do a bit more of the guidance side of things, but I mean, I think a lot of that can happen with the existing guys on the training pitch if you get the right people coaching them the right things. But you know, got to go back to when William Gallus was captain and Sky Cameras overheard his pre-match team talk: "Play, play, play." Well, that's all good, but what happens when the other? team had the ball. You can't play then, you have to stop them playing and and that's what hurts about some of the recent uh, defeats that, uh, you know, we, we don't seem to have a solution to some pretty obvious stuff that's coming our way so, long and short of it is I don't see this changing, I don't see us winning the league it's nice to be top of the table but it's very it's it's just a particular combination of circumstances that we're there and um, you know, at the moment, it all looks rosy, but you know it's it's a bit of a um, how's the cards waiting to fall in my book. So, but but, 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 can't but can't the, well the, there, the thing on. is,
0: there 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 is an adage in football. It's, it's a cliche, but the table never lies. And whichever way you look at it, we are currently the best team in the country. Out of the 92 <laughs> league clubs, the 18 semi-professional um, Division 5 and beyond
1: clubs, we are number one. Ask this question. How and why are... D- when we play Chelsea, Man United, come back and ask that same question then. I Because shall. if we're still top, bloody brilliant. I'll be the first man to say, woohoo in that high-pitched way. I really <laughs> will be. But going back to the point before about Wenger, Juru, you know, he's not the world's best centre-back. But he's pretty decent and he's been playing well. But oh no, we did that Spurs game. I know what to do. I'm back, it's actually playing half decent. I'll drop him and bring back in my other new French chum, Kishelny, who's still learning his trade. Why? It's just arrogance again on his behalf. My funding's going to be really good. Clichy's been shit for four years. Four years, Clichy's been absolutely appalling. Why is he still playing? I don't understand. Why, Dave? Tell me why.
0: Um, well, um, I think his passport helps, to be frank. Um, and he's only slightly less injury prone than Kieran Gibbs. Um, I, I, I think that's
3: ultimately it. I, I think if his stats are probably wonderful, you yeah, know, yeah, shit. <laughs> is his, the best midfielder
1: in the country, the, of stats. The number of
3: uh, kilometres he covers during a game is probably highly impressive. However, he can't the, defend that, can he? He can't defend, and he can't actually do much up front either. Sad to say, I could forgive some of his lapses in defence if he was creating goals at the other end, but. We've probably seen about two decent crosses in four seasons. Um, I just think this is an example of Wenger's stubbornness. Frankly, you know, I'm going to be proved right about this player, come hell or high water. And yet he lets some who've got potential and could be developed and become better players. He lets them go. I mean, I remember thinking, even someone like Mwamba, you know, I thought looked quite useful, but he never really got a chance. Now, he's gone to different clubs. So I think It's definitely Birmingham. Birmingham and Bolton. Yeah. And, and I mean, he looks quite an average player now, but I suspect if if a player remains with good players, you know, that reflects their own development. And, you know, if you get a player playing, you know, in a top team, they, they come on and, and develop better than they might do at Birmingham or Bolton. So, you know, I look at, at a lot of um, the kids that... Um, ...have been let released, and I think some of them are better than what we've got. And I think it's a bit sad. And sometimes it is for reasons of the ball. Do
0: you think ball. Oh. Christ almighty, but st- we're still top of the league, Lindsay! How... how look, look it, it, I, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, any football team is built on a defensive fulcrum, and ours is distinctly wobbly. Yet the fact of the matter is, at the 92 professional clubs, we are top of the pile. How and why, and shouldn't we be happy to a certain degree?
2: we should be happy. I mean, we, you know, I think we could. It could have been a further fuck up than we've actually got so far. We could have been much, you know. We've, we we got we got out of jail against West Ham. You know, no argument in that. My bum was clenched for the full ninety, and there was one woohoo, and then we all went home relieved. It was ridiculous. But what's worrying <laughs> me? Sorry, talking about the players and, and our defence. What's happened to Alex Song? Now, to me, I thought Alex Song's got a nosebleed and decided that he, he's Didier was younger, better-looking brother, especially when I saw him take that shot last weekend. But then I read today that Wenger's telling him to go forward. We've already got a suspect defence. Rather than sitting someone and actually showing that up, no, we need another attacking player. Has he missed the fact we've got Najri, Arshavin, Shamak, Van Persie, any of Theo, any of these other players who can do it on their own? Do we need Alex Song to start scoring the goals? I don't think we do. We need him sitting where he is, and yet Wenger's encouraging him to go forward. It's worrying. Times I'm an A. M. at knows best, I am. I can't lie about it. I know I'm not in company. In fairness, I used to be
1: Lindsay. Actually, I've started to turn. The worm has just gradually started yeah, to turn. That you know. Spurs game hurt me.
0: I mean, in, in deference to Alex Song, I, I think he's he's in the team for uh for fancy dress values i mean he spent three years coming to games dressed as um whoopi goldberg and uh then it was sideshow bob from the simpsons and his efforts this season to turn up as a pint of guinness quite, well, quite wife, frankly, is outstanding. you know really
2: you're, you're, yeah you're earning a flipping yeah, fortune and your Mrs. bleaches your hair really i mean surely there's a vidal soon near where he lives or something if you're going to get it done
0: crikey well
1: jack Wilshire. Yeah.
2: And we'll cut. We'll, we'll, hang on, it's my podcast.
1: See <laughs> now, Wellington. It's so part of your main question, but I'll get to it later. It was part of your question. I was going to okay, Howard, why are we top of the league?
0: You're saying Jack Wilshire.
1: Yeah, the only reason. And yet, Wenger wouldn't be playing him.
0: I don't know, that number eight's done all right, If it I'll well, get <laughs>
1: back to him, but I'm saying the fulcrum of our team, most games have been Wilshere this season. Yep. Wenger is only playing him by... Wenger himself said, it surprised me how many games he's been playing this season. Wenger didn't plan to use him half as much as what he has. Wenger's got no tactical now whatsoever. Wenger would probably be happy to loan him back out to Bolton if he got a decent offer him at the very, very start. I, th- is I there think by that was luck. the plan I think he was, f- was good there by pure luck it's another Ashley Cole scenario where Ben was about to ship out Ashley Cole to Crystal Palace but they didn't stamp up the cash and so he really had these passport problems Wilshere is there by luck no other reason he, he wouldn't certainly wouldn't
3: have played as many games as he had would it not have been for Diaby's injury and Danielson's injury as well yeah. I and I mean, Ramsey's I injury I just think it's a fortunate combination of circumstances like Ashley Cole all over again yeah and uh, whether or not I mean I don't know what the plans were, but the pattern seems to be that um, prospects are sold off, and that the academy is used as a way of funding the the managers buying of players who've been coached abroad. Um, I mean, I could still, I could still see a situation where Wilshire is sold. You know,
0: where? In what context? What do you mean when Ramsey, De Nilsen, Diaby all come back fit after Christmas? And, uh... Yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, it's... Well, I mean, I, could, I wouldn't put it past Wenger to sell Wilshire in 18 months' time. No. Why, okay? Because he does not like English players. Is
1: that pure reason?
3: Well, of a certain ilk. I mean, yeah, Theo yeah. is an exception, because Theo is it's not normal Theo in bed at half nine at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wilshire is, is a, a classic English lad... And uh you know I mean John Terry is a classic English lad, but he's also got the character to go and win trophies, and in a sense, you know that that is what has disappeared from this arsenal. I mean, you know you still had players like Campbell and Keon and parlor when when we were winning you know the, the titles in, in 2002, 2004 and um, you know we've lost something you know i mean I, I just do think that to win the premier league you can't just do it on flair and great football you need a certain something in this particular league a certain character that is embodied in, in you know the, the kind of moron we could go over over the trenches first yeah. and take the bullet you
2: need a pair of bollocks i think it's sadly lacking in that statement at the moment Arthur. on the
3: subject of a
0: pair of bollocks is a partnership of two centre backs enjoying their first season of premier league football the best option to try and win the league, I'm talking about um, Sebastian Scalacci, who, who I actually quite I, I quite like, and for me would be a great first reserve centre half. And Lauren Koscielny, who I'm certain is only a footballer because it says so on his passport. Uh, Lindsay, what do you make of our uh, our current first choice centre oh, centre half pairing?
2: Well, it, it it doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? You look at the team sheet and you don't know which pair of plats you're going to get this week. It's uh, <laughs> you know, well, obviously we miss for Marlon, and sorry, I. I we, we looked We looked for a couple of English players. It didn't work out in the summer. Jagielka turned us down, didn't he, allegedly?
0: Well, I think, I think our initial offer of £7.50 in a set of track suits <laughs> was turned down by Everton. Us rising it to uh, £8.50 and Manuel Almunia didn't go down too well either.
3: Right, well, firstly, let me say, any time you want to dig your stiletto into my leg, Sorry. do not feel like <laughs> you need to ask, because I dream of such moments. <laughs> this podcast uh, i like a time for the world. You are the queen and I am the bitch! <laughs> the other thing is, reputedly, we are in for Gary Cahill in the January transfer market, so watch this space.
1: Okay, well, look, are we have to talk about rumours on this podcast? Of course. Uh, ex-
3: well, it kind of depends on whether or not they're to do with someone's personal sexual life or... Um
1: because there is a rumor isn't there, and I will allude to it, about Vermarlin has got the same thing that Thomas Brzezinski allegedly had, no. where he wasn't out for the season because of footballing reasons, not due to certain substances. Apparently, Thomas Vermarlin is allegedly had the same thing. It's his ongoing injuries down to a ban. No. That's what, who knows? Well, all, all we need to
3: do is monitor his comeback game. And if it is 12 months after he was injured... Uh, quote marks then you know you could say that's a reasonable assumption
1: often the internet speculation is absolute gibberish but I football think football is bullshit central
0: also yeah. if for the first half hour he's really intense and going for it and then he just sort of <laughs> just sort of you know goes down for the rest of the game that's,
2: like, that's yeah. the whole team though
1: isn't
3: it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the whole so team the whole team's on Charlie so
1: <laughs> it would not explain the awful lot. Venga takes a massive risk. Suddenly there's <laughs> a great big Colin yeah. Lewin-shaped
0: hole in the door. They're me.
1: They me. make a lot of sense. It's the whole team are on Charlie. It's a risk that they take. They get proven positive. Venga then takes it and look, we're not going to reveal it to the impress. we we'll keep it quiet. we we'll just pretend you're injured.
0: In fairness, yeah. And you, you look at the players who are consistently average. I mean, it's Denilson and Theo, who definitely aren't on anything. <laughs> you know, well, well, that's it. That's it, that's fine. You know, tear it up, we've done it all. But we, we, regardless
1: of what the mark of the injury actually is, yeah. or injury or not, the fact of the matter is without him, we are scuppered. And I read the report today, he's out till January at the earliest, so we've surely we've got to get a back.
3: Why don't they, I mean, if it is that, why don't we just say he's out for six months? rather than make this kind of...
2: What, make him wear the little boot, just to keep up the... <laughs> <laughs> talking about Cesco. That's, that's how he
1: gets it through
3: customs, <laughs> I'm
1: sure.
2: Sniffing his <laughs> Colombian
3: cold with a little see. plastic boot. But, but were the
1: rumours about uh, the Seski true, do you think? Because there was a, a lot of smoke there. A massive well, out. it is
3: interesting that it was a year. Um, and it's interesting that he had been caught in Prague having a good time with uh, Ladies of the Night. Um but you can't prove no. it was that. Um, so, you never know, do you? I love a bit of scandal-maker. You can't, you can't rule it out,
2: though. You can't rule it it out you out. At least they were well. ladies, unlike Carlos Vela. He wasn't quite sure which
0: way. I mean, <laughs> uh, apropos <laughs> <Allegedly>. apropos, apropos <laughs> of that, then, without, without being specific yeah. due to the aforementioned legal reasons, what do we make of the son's allegations with regard to our manager's extracurricular activities? <laughs> and You know, I mean, if, if, if the story's about Thomas... Riziki uh, and, and Thomas from and Marlon are true. Um, you know, I mean, how, how do you think the, the players feel about the manager's away form being better than his home? Well, he's French, isn't he?
1: He's expected if yeah, he's a mistress.
0: Oh, my, r- wow. Welcome to the Daily Mail podcast.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a man.
0: Overpaid, oversexed and over here.
1: I personally, I'm sure he's missing his fine with it. I think it's part and parcel. I think it's all right. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, Lindsay, Um, what do you think the players make of the allegations in terms of their respect for the manager? Will it be um, when, for example, uh, in the England camp when sven goran Eriksson was revealed as having had the affair with um, Ulrike Jansson and he came into training the week before the World Cup to a standing ovation from the England camp or um, will will people be looking down their, uh, their noses at him?
2: I think it's quite cool if you get a to shag someone at Arsene Wenger's age, let it be a young, fit rapper, you know, what they they pro- probably listen to their music on them great right big earphones that they come off the coach on, they're probably, they're probably playing it to every time it gets on, I don't really care, I don't really want to think about Arsene Wenger having sex full stop, to be totally honest with you, or Sven and Ericsson it's no, not something that
3: you don't go it's for like the more mature mind. man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Kev's what are we tonight?
0: In fact, we have to think of any footballing personality as being completely asexual in the in the manner of a Ken doll. You'd think it would be arson.
1: especially when he wears that really long puffer jacket that makes him look like a little worm. Oh. Well, he probably doesn't wear that in his hotel room. In all fairness. In so.
3: in it. Bet she uh, him yeah. it
1: on. I bet she does.
3: Arsene wear that puffer jacket. <laughs> is <he> so sexy? <laughs> What's interesting though is that he has actually started legal action against uh, News International. So right. um, is
0: that on the grounds that he didn't see the clitoris? oh Oh. 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 Well, after oh, everything we've just done, oh, I get oh, all
1: the step tone too far oh, okay. yeah. a step too far
0: okay i've after after all uh, this this salacious gossip and us being on a complete downer let let's look to accentuate the positive and just looking at the first team over the last sort of three or four weeks, two of the shining beacons uh, in amongst the, the misery and um, the, the foreboding sense of, of defeat being snatched from the jaws of victory. Um, I'm thinking specifically about Sami and Asri, and to a, to a slightly lesser extent, Andre Arshvin. Kev, um, well, a, 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 a two-pronged question here. Jesus why, why has Sami Nasri's form improved so dramatically? And will it, does it have anything to do with the hamstrung, lethargic, and sulking Cesc Fabregas?
3: Well, I think that Nasri not going to the World Cup has benefited him. Uh, it doesn't seem to have had the same effect on our shipping, which is... Uh, you can draw your own conclusions there. Um, I don't... I mean... I, how are we saying that Nasri's played well when Fabregas hasn't played, or just Nasri's played well because Fabregas isn't bothering to play, or can't play because of injury? I mean, I don't actually know. I can't remember whether or not Nasri's been outstanding in the game. Cesc hasn't started. But, I think, uh, by and
0: large, his best performances have been when, when Fabregas hasn't played, or has um, been struggling with his hamstring injury, or when we go a goal behind, decides he doesn't really fancy it. That's generally my perception of Fabregas anyway.
3: Well it may be the case uh, I don't analyse the, the pair of them in tandem in that way um, I mean I just think that basically this guy has always had the ability to do what he's he's doing now um, and I can't explain why suddenly that he, he's actually clicked but I'm bloody glad he has because <laughs> if he hadn't we would be in serious trouble um, I mean I think he's now become the player we all hoped he would be and it's interesting that you know, about seven, eight years ago, ten years ago, Wenger was buying this kind of player with a little bit of a reputation in France, and then we were seeing fantastic things. And finally, you know, after a bit of a, a barren few years, we've we've got another one. So it's really about capitalising on, on his form and, and surrounding with players of a similar ability and, and, and winning these, these big games and mm. keeping up there.
0: Lindsay, what, what do you think um, you know, that made Sami and Nasri go from being bit part of the left winger to central to everything we do when going forward?
2: Well, I think there's, there's always a case, isn't there, when your player that you the team runs through or the team looks to isn't available or isn't fit. You could sit with Thierry. You'd spend your whole time panicking that Thierry is going to be out. The minute he's out, the team steps up and maybe Nasri's appreciated a little bit of extra responsibility. Maybe he's thrived under the fact he can play... In a, in a more central role than he likes to play when, when Cesc is there. I don't know. Um, he, he started to, for me, to start looking like the player he is today at the end of last season. There was that goal against Porto, wasn't there, that was mm. just absolutely fabulous. And like you say, thank God for him, because if it wasn't, there's no way we'd be discussing how on earth we're top of the league.
1: Mark, what do you think? I think first season, this is his first year in English football, still quite a young chap, so he wasn't going to be all the best really. Last year, wasn't he injured by he Got broke his leg to start the season off with, and took a while to come back, then got really good form. And as Kev said, no World Cup, we're finally seeing all the kind of stuff. I know he got injured at the very start of the season, but only for a couple of weeks.
3: That might be to do with Ramadan. It seems to happen every season that he misses that period. Oh, really? Is he Muslim? Yeah. And it might be Senga making the decision that he's not going to play him because he's not eating properly. Um, That's interesting.
2: Never ever thought of that. Well,
3: apparently, if you look at the stats, apparently that seems to be the case. The other thing to note is that when Fabregas does play, I'm guessing that he doesn't alternate and switch as much as the team do when he doesn't. Because what we start with when Fabregas isn't playing is often Riziski playing in his position, and is quite willing to go to the flank and allow the other guy in the middle. So it's possible that Fabregas isn't quite so willing to swap around, yeah. which is, is what is bringing Nasri in now, because he doesn't have such a player who's obsessed with holding in the middle, um, which obviously leads on to the potential situation next season when people kind of think that Fabregas won't be around, and... Uh, Hope for the future, you know, if it's working when he's not playing. Um, I mean, I'm sure Wenger's looking at people to step up and then be as influential as Sesk has been. And at the moment, you could certainly argue that uh, Nasri is that. Um, slightly more attacking player, I'll grant you, but we don't defend in midfield anyway, no, so what the nice, hell? especially yeah. you know?
1: when he's got, as you said, he's got song bursting forward at every opportunity. But the other player you mentioned there, um, Dave, Andre, who's often got a fair bit of critics amongst some of our supporters i actually looking at his stats. I'm not one for stats. What's he? Eleven kind of assists he's made this season. Yep. That's phenomenal. He's got a decent amount of goals too. I know he really drifts in and out of games often. I think it's, if
0: he's it's been involved in eleven goals as a scorer or an assist maker. he no, currently 11 leads, 11. leads the league in assists. Oh, okay. in terms of but is not Andre second
1: with regards to third in the league or something, something like, like that. that. And even though he's in and out of games, his last three games he's been brilliant. The start of the season he was really, really good. I don't see him as a luxury player at all. I see him as a, quite a fulcrum to our kind of team. When he's not there, I think we really, really miss him. And he can drift down in that game for like, 70 minutes and do bugger all. But every now and then, he can just flick a game just like that. Well, that was what well, Bergkamp, Bergkamp
3: used to do, that actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I read a comment on a five live text when I was coming home from the game, and someone said... Um, Oh, J.R. Charvin's got to be the only player who can put on weight during the yeah. day. <laughs> I thought that was so... Uncool. Yeah, a blinder. I'm a big fan. I'm I love still him. am a big fan.
1: And, you know, don't you, He doesn't always try his best, but he's that type of player. But I think he's brilliant.
0: I think, I think there is the element of the luxury player about him, because no matter how much you ask him, he will never, ever track back. Um, and, it, it, you know, to that end, I, I do kind of feel sorry for Gail Clichy, essentially playing behind him, as... Um, <laughs> Well, we hamstring ourselves essentially by playing two left-hand side players, neither of whom can defend. Um, But um, I think that you're allowed to have one player like that. And as we do insist on bringing all 11 players into our own penalty area when defending a corner... You know, I mean, as long as the person in the centre-forward position and the effervescent Shamak does cover every single blade of grass, um, then I suppose you can afford to accommodate him. But um, apropos of that, how good has Marouane Shamak been this year? I mean, I I really didn't see him being the success that he has been. Then again, I stupidly thought that Robin Van Persie was going to maintain a molecule of fitness. Kev, what do you make of our, uh, our new number 29?
3: Well, he's a lot more intelligent than Bender. I mean, there is an argument. <laughs> Don't <laughs> snag off oh, Barry Bender. Barry Bender,
1: how could you do that? He's the most... He's, a, he's practically
3: Mensa. He's up. the best player in his own head. Um, I mean, the... I'm um, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, he's more intelligent than Nicholas Bender. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he reminds me of Alan Smith um, in that he actually works the line... He does have, seem to have gone off the boil a little bit lately, in fairness to him. And that that might be fatigue, it might just be a little run of uh, patchy form. But overall, I have time for him because I do think he works. The other thing I like about him is he is slightly cynical. And we do need that. So, for example, if we are defending a set piece. He's we'll, a cheat, you mean, Kev? Yeah. He will be a master
0: the, of the dark arts. The
3: sly little shirt tug, or or the body hold, or whatever, um, and even up front, he will give as good as he gets. Um, if if there's a bit of you know penalty box uh, furore at the corner that we've got, um, so I think he's he's almost almost a throwback to an old fashioned number nine, um, but you know. Slightly more continental, you know, and he's not quite as as obvious as as someone like, uh, who's that Newcastle guy? um, uh, Yeah, not that obvious. But at the same time, he has given us an option. You know, we can now cross the ball in the middle, and there is a a scientific possibility that an Arsenal forward might get his head on it. Um, So, yeah, I'm pleased to see a bit of variety in our attack, which is created by him, and also. He he hasn't seemed to have taken the six months to settle, which some of them do. So, I mean, in fairness, you know, a big part of the, the reason of the good things that have happened so far this season is his attacking play. And uh, the only regret is that we didn't buy him a year earlier and spend 15 million quid and just suffer the cost because I think last season there was a spell when we needed him. Yeah,
0: um, right. What do you make of Barad Shamak being the... Uh, the Draco Malfoy to Theo Walcott's Harry Potter.
2: Jesus! That's a reference
1: yeah. I wouldn't have understood. I'm just riffing here, I'm just riffing. He shows, Dave, <laughs> at It comes from you, a talk sport regular. I <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I like him as well. Like, I, I, I like what comes out of his mouth. I like the fact he tries. I, I think, you know, we used to buy these foreign players and they would take six to eight months to settle in. He seems to have just got straight in, got his... Sleeves rolled up, you've never heard any whinging from him. It gives us an aerial threat. He's not five foot three. He's, You know, he's cynical in both ends. He, he, Like you say, he will give a bit of argy-bargy when it's down our end and he'll fall over if we need him to for a penalty up the other end. I like a bit of that in our game. It, you know, sometimes that's what's... Necessary, a bit of
0: cynicism. Mark, you're obviously a fan. I'm trying to rock the Marianne Schmack hairdo there, I can see. Is it what hair left? We've, we've got a little bit of a sort of um, Hampstead fin going on there <laughs> with
1: what um, remains of my locks. Absolutely, the sending
0: I'm, I'm rocking a Danielsen's ass at the moment. In fairness, I so.
1: <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> was well, actually going to mention that. What I like about him more than that he's ten goals this this season, the fact that he tries. Is that some days he's spiky hair? <laughs> is nice and clean. Some days it's very greasy, and I think you're never quite going to know what you what you're going to get. Would it be greasy hair day, or would it be shiny hair day? And that is the beauty of Marianne Schmack. Marianne Schmack. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the finish. one was Ob- in, like, you know, Jeff and Marianne. Obviously, the um, the elephant
0: in, uh, in in the room over the course of this entire podcast I, I, we have to return to you just to finish off was the uh, humiliation at home to Tottenham. Um, <sighs> Very quickly, uh, in, in no more than a couple of sentences, start with you, Lindsay. After their first away victory over Arsenal in 17 years, is it a case of Spurs improving or Arsenal declining?
2: I think Spurs have improved, and I think that we'd be sitting here bullshitting if we're if we're going to sit here and say that they've not got a good squad, they haven't got a good manager, and they haven't got a couple of decent class players in that team. Um, I'm married to a spud, It's an awful, awful situation to be in at the moment. But then again, they think a season finishes in November, so we'll we'll see who's laughing come May. But yeah, you know, it, it is it, as an Arsenal fan, it's slightly worrying. He <laughs> have like a
1: proper Tottenham. Yeah, player? he's awful. <laughs> Did you have proper round? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> we don't talk
2: for quite a long time, which he probably quite enjoys actually. Has
1: he got, has he got the um, DVD yet?
2: He's got all the DVDs. He's got the five one DVD, but he doesn't know, know that I've scratched out. that and put that nice. There out. is there
3: <laughs> is there is a mug of the recent away win. Now, but There's a mug. There is a
2: mug. And then there's a van art show that apparently carries Ted Mugs as well. Oh. Oh.
1: Hey! Oh. That's very good, that, Lindsay. It's worth you coming on just for that. <laughs> just for now. That was my
2: contribution.
1: That um, and <laughs> putting your salettos into Kev's leg. It's, it's been win, win, win your debut, really. <laughs> I'm using that tomorrow. Yeah. I love That's the first <laughs> I've heard that.
0: That's made my month.
1: Unbelievable. Um, I think Carstabout had a really good debut. It's the best debut since Freddie Lundberg against Man United. Absolutely. Yeah, gotcha.
0: Oh, Gilberto Silva in the community shield against yeah. Liverpool. <laughs> when I thought, who's, th- who's this domineering, dynamic Brazilian midfielder surging forward that uh, we've just seen? What would we give for
1: him now? And i used to hate that bloody oh, idiot. Oh, well, yeah. He wouldn't go surge forward like a song, would he? stay right Words
0: back. Words of Joey Mitchell, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, Kev,
3: Spurs uh, improving,
0: Arsenal declining?
3: A bit of both, I'm afraid. Uh, yes, I mean, there was a time when uh, we would have known how to close out the game, and we don't anymore. Um, and fair fair play to Spurs. Um, Red Knapp has instilled something in them which previously they were lacking. I mean, I used to watch Spurs games on the telly and they would go ahead, and I used to think, alright, oh, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward now to the opposition getting more goals. Wait for the it does not actually happen quite so often now. So, um, shame, it, really? It is a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. But uh, you've got to always remember what Harry does in the end to the clubs he manages. He manages to you know, fuck them up big time and send them into administration, so we just we just live in hope. we
2: well, he's going to England anyway, isn't he? We've only got one more season. Absolutely.
1: Or prison first, who knows? England <laughs> or <all Yeah>. prison. <laughs> one of them's coming first, I'm not sure which. Let's hope he gets done soon for some misdemeanour, gets banged up for years and years, gets buggered up the arse, left, right and centre and is made to bleed.
2: we're not bitter.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> and we're still betting them, aren't we? absolutely
0: I mean, the I table
2: says so absolutely <laughs> table are... says
1: we're better than the
0: other 91 teams in the country and to conclude I th- and that's Mark <laughs>
1: nothing else to add you, really, Dave thank you very much
0: <laughs> uh, so to conclude the usual reminder <laughs> if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com uh, Kev, why don't you tell us about the current edition of the Gooner, if you'd be so kind.
3: It was released on Saturday for the Fulham game. It will be on sale at the Partizan Belgrade and Stoke matches. It's issue 210. I've just had a flick through because it's uh, wild inside, I sent it to press.
1: Nice issue. It's a classic. Though, so, can I ask you one question Kev? Mm. The um, front cover curse. Yes. If he does get injured, I'm holding you personally responsible. My,
0: suge- my suggestion was to have Didier Drogba on the front, covering yeah. John Terry. But we I was told it wouldn't sell.
3: We need to sell copies. <laughs> um, so far, so good, is all I will say. Sam Nasri is the cover star. He didn't have a bad game. No, he <laughs> bucked the trend, didn't he, Gabe? Against again? Fulham. So let's I, I can only see.
0: imagine he will spontaneously combust <laughs> against partisan Belgrade. <laughs> Next month, can we have Aboui, De Nilsen, and and Almunia <laughs> on the front, if that's OK. So, thanks again to our sponsors,
1: GoodyShirts.com. Oh, I will say before I do the jingle, I bought a Dennis Burkamp shirt from them recently it is brilliant nice yeah. quality didn't shrink in the wash I was very very pleased and about, I think it was like a tenner a tenner? yeah it was a really cheaper good. twice the price And the way it looks really good it has number it has God on the bottom it's brilliant yeah it's great
0: Love well it. we're coming up
1: to Christmas Christmas
0: present season so I mean so
1: I would literally go to Goonishers.com
0: uh, any any t-shirts. sports book website you'd recommend it at this juncture
1: well Vision Sports, Publishing's Vision very, sports very is very Publishing is a very good Vision Sports Publishing Book of Arsenal is very very nice what's the other one it's they a do, fill.
0: Um, oh Arsenal the making of uh, Modern, modern Super Alex Flynn, uh, another, uh, sub-edited by someone else. Don't know. Don't know. Else, I don't know it's a by Alex Flynn. Yeah, it's great. So it's just time for our panel <laughs> to bid farewell. Mark, cheerio. Kevin, <laughs> <our> I'll <city. laughs> see And Lindsay, goodbye. I'm your host, David Udo. Thank you for listening. La <laughs> di da di da, la di da di di. All good friends and jolly good company. Wah-ha-ha!